Hey everybody. Hey. I'm Brian Wall. And I'm Mark Musinski. And this is My Favorite Friendship, a show where two best friends look to favorite friendships in history to help us to become better friends and better people in modern day. And, uh, you know, what better time than right now, right? There's always a good time for friendship. It's true. And even though we can't see people, I don't know. I love this. I'm into this. I feel like, so everyone likes true crime. This is true friendship. <laughs> and, and it's real stories of friendship from real friends. And since we only podcast with our friends, we also only podcast for our friends. So you guys are now our friends. Welcome. Isn't that great? I love it. We're glad it to makes have me you. happy. Oh man, Mark, I got a I got a zinger of a friendship for you this week. Do you? Well, I'm excited. I it's been it's been a long week. I I could use a good zing. Oh my gosh. Well, before we recorded this over the weekend, we got to celebrate Passover together with our friend group through a Zoom meeting. Yeah, that was that was really fun. And Passover is one of the friendships that, or sorry. Passover is one of the events that I think we as a group of friends really embrace. Even some people who aren't actually Jewish, just the celebration of it and the message about freedom and, you know, aspiring to freedom and equality for everyone, I think just really speaks to, I mean, it speaks to a lot of people, but I I love how we've embraced it as a friend group and we do it every year. Yeah, there's something about traditions and doing traditions together that is so important to friendship. Friendships need tradition somehow. Uh, it doesn't need to be a holiday, but some sort of tradition, I think, is important to a good friendship. I, I totally agree. And, and I think it helps friendships early on when it's just say something like, oh, we, we always meet at that Starbucks or something. Anything that you can, that can take your friendship and map it onto the real world in some way whether it's a day on the calendar, a place you always go, an activity you share, that's sort of what you need to get beyond the initial strangeness of encountering a new human being and get into trusting and appreciating and getting to enjoy the company of that person. Yeah. Well, uh, the, these folks, they did have, they didn't really have, they did have some tradition. They, you know what? Actually, they had a very important tradition that I'll get into this friendship that I have. Uh, So the friendship I have for you this week, Mark, is the hilarious friendship between Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Carol Burnett. Yes. Carol Burnett, famous comedian, Lucille Ball, famous comedian, Carol Burnett had the Carol Burnett show. uh, Lucille Ball had, I love Lucy. Desi Lu Productions, which produced so many amazing shows, including Star Trek, mm-hmm. uh, among uh, many diverse properties that Lucy had. She was a complete mogul. And uh, before Lucy even was on I Love Lucy, uh, you know, she was she was a famous stage performer and had already been in films with Bob Hope. Uh, she worked with the Marx Brothers, the Three Stooges, you name it. So Lucy, Lucy was a powerhouse. Now, Carol Burnett, considerably younger, uh, 22 years Lucy's junior. Wow. The way that they met was uh, Carol Burnett, before she was a famous comedian, really wanted to be a Broadway star. And she was pretty successful. Yeah. Um, 
she uh no i mean in her broadway star career because she actually got to be the lead in once upon a mattress in 1959 wait the the premiere of once upon a mattress yes she originated that yeah i didn't know that that's amazing congratulations carol wherever you are i assume you're listening (sighs) Before before she was on Once Upon a Mattress, what really made Carol Burnett famous was uh, she sang about what was it the secretary of something. I th- this doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the friendship. I'm sorry. That's okay. But uh, but she became friend. Uh, she became famous singing out of John Foster Dulles. I forget what his job was in government, but he was n- known for being dull, and that's how I remember him: is Dulles dull. Didn't isn't there also a, an airport named Dulles or something else? Yes, yes, Dulles Airport. Mm. Yeah, so she became famous actually singing about this guy like he was Elvis, <laughs> and um, and then she eventually got this part on Broadway in Once Upon a Mattress. So by this time, Carol Burnett is twenty five. Wow! So she's still very young. Lucy at this time is forty four. Goes to Once Upon a Mattress, loves the show. Goes backstage, wants to meet Carol Burnett. How about that? Just reaching out to this this younger actress and just tells her how much she enjoyed her, how much she enjoyed the show. Carol Burnett was just so nervous, she said. And Lucy called her kid all the time. <laughs> She'd always call Carol Burnett kid. And, uh, you know, I Love Lucy had already been on television for eight years at that time. I, I think it came out in like 1951. So Lucy, Lucy was very, very famous. And she said, uh, when she left, she said, if you ever need anything, kid, call me. This is the key phrase in the relationship, Mark. If you ever need anything, kid, call me. Because six years later, Carol Burnett was on the verge of getting her first television special. And the and the executives, I think it was on CBS. They said we need you to get a big name. Ooh. So she, so we need you to get some big names for this special. Yeah. So Carol Burnett called Lucy. Carol Burnett said, I've, "I've this is my big shot to get a big special. I need a star. I need a star guest. Would would you do this with me?" And Carol Burnett er, and Lucy said yes. Wow. And the special was called Lucy. It was called Carol Plus Two. Because it wasn't just Lucy, she also got Zero Mustel, the uh, uh, Broadway star who was in. He was Tevye, yeah, and the original producers, uh, Zero Mustel, big big Broadway star. So it was him and Lucy on the Carol Burnett special, Carol Plus Two, in March of 1966. And so this was they had met and then not interacted at all for six years. Yeah. Wow. Not really. Carol Burnett was too scared. I mean, I don't blame her. But she felt like, all right, it's time to play this card. Mm-hmm. And she did. Now, because this special was so successful, Carol Burnett then got offered the Carol Burnett show. Uh, and that debuted the next year in 1967. Lucy then appeared on the Carol Burnett show four times in the first four years of the Carol Burnett program. Wow. So she just was there to like help be like, you know, let's get this kid over. Let's keep this going. Yeah. And and she really did what she could. Now, not only that, Mark, it goes beyond just professional appearances. There aren't a whole lot of evidence. There's not like letters or anything and they don't 
there's not a whole lot of them like hanging out. Yeah. I don't know that Lucy had lots of time for hanging out by all the accounts of her sort of work ethic. And and same with Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. So so get this. Carol Burnett got pregnant and Lucy was the one who hosted Carol Burnett's baby shower. Wow. It was a black tie event baby shower with husbands and boyfriends in attendance. And it was an evening affair. So Lucy organized this whole thing. And her husband was the one who, uh, Lucy's husband, who I, whose name I forget right now, uh, was the one, it wasn't Desi Arnaz, yes. it was another guy later, was the one who would like take out the baby gifts and and make like uh, wacky comments about about everything. Now, uh, there's evidence of this because Carol Burnett has talked about it in multiple interviews, but there is one interview, I found it on YouTube, and it's uh, Lucy was on the Dinah Shore show, mm-hmm. and they surprised Lucy with Carol Burnett, because I guess she was taping Carol Burnett's show down the hall. Yeah. And so Carol just came over and talked about this. And to see the joy on Lucy's face as Carol is, you know, beaming, describing the, all this stuff is so amazing. I highly recommend looking it up on YouTube to see, you know, how much these two really admired one another. And, and so I guess Lucy organized this event. Everybody wore black ties and evening gowns for, for an event. Uh, Carol Burnett, I remember in the interview, she said, I was so pregnant. I was two years pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) He said, whenever I got up, I fell over again. And just, just everything said it was so crazy. But she said that evening was the funniest night of her life. She said that, that event Lucy threw for her was the funniest night of Carol Burnett's life. So I like to imagine that when I think of, of these two hanging out. Now, now here's where the tradition part comes in, Mark. Every year for Carol Burnett's birthday, Lucy would send Carol Burnett flowers mm-hmm. and say, happy birthday, kid, Aww. and the flowers. So, uh, so they stayed friends. And in 1989, Lucy died. And Lucy died on Carol Burnett's birthday. And sure enough... Carol got flowers that day in the morning. Happy birthday, kid. From Lucy. Oh, and then she died later that afternoon. Wow. Yeah. That's, How about that? Yeah. That's, that's really touching. Yeah. And two, you know, there's so many stories about people, you know, stars of any kind who would feel competitive, you know, like a younger person coming up. Yeah, here's someone to take my spot. Yeah. Here's somebody, yeah, she wasn't like that at all with Carol Burnett. No, she embraced her. She she helped her give birth in, in some ways. <laughs> yeah, not only to her show, but to her first child. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh. Wow, that's awesome. It's You can definitely have a professional relationship for someone without throwing their baby shower. Yes. And you can really love a coworker without wanting them in your life that way. And so it's very cool that it's sort of transcended beyond cordiality, you know? Yes. There is a clear and uh, unfortunately, you know, like there, there's photos of them together. Most of the photos of them together are from the Carol Burnett show. Yeah. Like there's not a whole lot of like behind the scenes stuff. That's why I, I say 
if you get the chance to look at this Dinah Shore interview. It'll be in our show notes, which I we are committing to have by the time this gets released. <laughs> it's it's really revealing uh, just to see the, the love between the two and how, how how happy they are. But you can also see that they're both just so damn busy that, like, this is really all they ever get. Mm-hmm. Some people might say these things are fake or whatever. It's not fake. It's not a fake. You're laying your reputation on the line for someone else. And, you you know, it's not fake if you're throwing their baby shower for them. Mm-hmm. You know, friendship doesn't mean you have to see somebody every day. Friendship doesn't mean you have to talk to them every week. You can still have a deep friendship uh, and not see someone all the time. All, their friendship is comes in so many different ways. Yeah. And there, there's so many different ways to measure it. And uh, this is clearly a beautiful friendship, even though they might not have hung out very much outside of work things and, and, the, and then the major life events. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I think, as we get older, how a lot of friendships become, especially when people start having kids. But what I think is so, so cool and smart about what Lucy did throwing that baby shower, she could have she could have just said, Hey, uh, everyone, you know, uh, women come over to Carol's house. We're all going to exchange gifts. We'll have mimosas or whatever the popular thing to have was in, you know, the 1960s or whatever. Mm -hmm. But she made an event out of it. And what I think is so cool about that is it became something that probably lots of other friends who maybe would have attended or, or maybe would have attended briefly also then committed to. I think there's a real power. And I think kind of circling back to what you're saying about Passover and lots of other things that I think have helped us and our group of friends stay friends is is making an event out of something. It, it really does. It makes it it makes it special and makes lasting memories. And it gives it makes it feel like more than just another day. You know, like when you if you're if you want people to come over, you could say, hey, let's all come over. Or you could be like, we're having a chili cook-off. Maybe some people would be turned off by the idea of chili cook-off. But maybe they shouldn't be your friends anyway, because chili cook-offs are great. But if you turn, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of power to like eventifying something. Just putting in that little extra thought to make it special. And it just brings out a little bit more from everyone. Yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of tradition. I don't know where it comes from because my family isn't super into tra- tradition. I don't, know, I don't know where it comes from. I really don't. But it, it's, it's been something that's been very important to me. As a kid, I definitely was. I'm less so now, but I remember as a child... You know, we had traditions like on Christmas morning, we would always have blueberry muffins and there was some sort of set times as to when like my parents would wake up and when we would open presents and what we would eat. And I think this probably isn't that uncommon, but I remember when we first started getting older and my parents were like, what if we just slept in a little bit more now that you guys are older? And I was so upset. I'm like, no, we started you know, 8 a.m. every year and and we got to have the blueberry muffins. Don't tell me you don't want to make the blueberry muffins this year. <laughs> and to the to the point where we have them every year still and I, I don't have to fight for that. Good. I don't even know if I like them anymore. I, I mean, I do, but <laughs> it's not important because I 
yelled at everyone so much about it as a child. It's something, I don't know, traditions is something that's also used to kind of mark the time. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I don't, I don't know. But I, I feel like so, traditions are so important to friendship. And seeing Carol Burnett and, and Lucille, Lucille Ball's tradition of just, you know, that, that happy birthday kid flowers. I know, like, you know, who knows? Maybe it was even, it was Lucy's assistant sending it, if you're, like, really cynical. Yeah. You could say it's Lucy's assistant sending it to her. But Lucy still made sure it happened every year. Like, even as cynical as you want to get, I don't know, if you're keeping that tradition, it does say something. I totally agree. And I think I think when it comes to traditions, there's there's kind of, I don't know, it's sort of like any tradition you want it to be meaningful for what it was in the past and then also kind of meaningful for where you are now and if you can accomplish both those things you're gonna i feel like i've always had like really rich experiences with friends with family with everything and the times where traditions don't feel as fun is when you're like we're just going through the motions that we do every year or they don't feel as fun if you're just like we're hanging out on christmas doing whatever we want it like it's missing one or the other of those elements. Well, uh, this has been an amazing talk about the friendship of Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball. There, there's so many clips of the two that you can look up online. We'll find that clip of the Dinah Shore interview to put up. Please uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, I am at Brian Wool and Mark is at Mark Musinski. We would talk to us about your favorite friendships, anything that you're going through, maybe something that we you want us to cover. We'd be down to do that. Until next week, this has been my favorite friendship. I'm Brian Wool. I'm Mark Musinski. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week. <laughs>